When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith, Kennedy Hamble out to Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. Dropping the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the centre square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's kicked the goal from inside the centre. I can't believe that. Boyd has kicked the goal. Yes, hello everyone and welcome to the SC Playbook podcast. Proudly brought to you by Pat and George. From Mortgage Choice SCW, my name is Eddie. Um, as always, I'm running you through things here for the round 17 of the AFL season. Gee, it's gone quickly. Um, joining me as always are uh, two of the best in the business. Uh, overall runner-up in 2021, I've got on the left of my podcast style, Stevie Nico, coach of Lovsky FC. Nico, you're a bit sniffly again? Hi, Eddie. I am, mate. Yeah, the uh, the joys of having a child in daycare. Um, so, yep, got another, another sniffle. So apologies if um, I sound a bit funny or uh, or I have a coughing fit, but um, I'll get that mute button ready. <laughs> Quite a throaty, nice voice you've got going, Nico. I like it. It's getting me all hot uh, and bothered. Um, <laughs> on the other mic, we've got uh, Jerno and written contributor scplaybook.com.au, as well as a number of other venues. Dylan Bolch. Dylan, how are you doing today? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Ready to uh, get into another one of these. It's been a, been a little while. Did you get to see much footy over the weekend? We were just talking off air. You watched the Hawthorne GWS game yesterday. Um, doesn't sound like that was particularly enjoyable. No, that was uh, like watching local under-14s footy, so that wasn't great. Um, and Hawthorne were pretty ordinary. But uh, it was actually, like, excluding that game, there were some pretty good uh, games of footy this week. I know, I'm sure Nico was pretty happy with how the Pies went Saturday night. Um couple of other good games that uh, did the rounds. I know Port and uh, Freo, the last game, was pretty close to. Um, you haven't mentioned my boys yet, Dylan. What are we, what are we doing? Oh, the Bombers. The Bombers got up as well. <laughs> I had them as an anchor. In, I had a couple of bets on over the week and had them to lose in everything. So it was a bit bittersweet, but uh, I thought we were going to get pumped by the Spons. Um, we didn't. It was fantastic. Uh, Nico, talk to me about the Pies. What are, you, are, you guys, are you guys a threat this year? Is that legit? Oh, I don't think we're a threat, mate. Like, I think we're going to be playing finals footy. Um, obviously, I think it's been pretty um, pretty well discussed out there that, that we've got a pretty kind run coming home. So I'd be surprised if we're not not there come September. And look, we might be able to knock a side or, or two off, but oh, I wouldn't be thinking we're getting to the prelim stage or anything like that. Yeah, it's got a Exciting got a good... to watch, though. They're playing good footy. Great footy. And I mean, I think we're going to, we'll talk, definitely talk about it at some point in this pod, but Nick Dacos, um, is this up there with one of the great debut seasons you guys have seen? Because it certainly is for me. I can't really recall many other. I know the Bandit put up on Twitter earlier today a comparison between him and Sam Walsh over their first uh, 17-odd games. and It's pretty pretty similar. I mean, the only other one is Michael Barlow. I can remember coming in and having this much of an impact. But Dacos is arguably your best player, Nico. Yeah, he's just amazing off off half-back. I mean, obviously, you know, his stats are a little bit... um, you know, inflated, getting all those kick-ins. I mean, like, a lot of points kicked, um, kicked you know, against us on the weekend. But, but like, he's just super clean by foot, um, makes great decisions. And, yeah, I mean, he's looking like he's a primo and, and he's a hold for in, in super coach terms. But, um, unfortunately, pretty much everyone has sold him. But absolute lock for um, the rising star, you would have thought. And absolute I'm pretty sure lock. I tipped him at the start of the year, but... Yeah, <laughs> he did, along with about 50 million <laughs> other people. Um, the, be- the best thing about him that I love is like he looks like he's getting a lot of cheap kicks, but it's because he works so hard to get there. So they're not actually cheap kicks. It's just that he's always in the right spot because he's got such a big motor and a great tank and he uses the ball brilliantly. Um, he's going to be an absolute star. He-, he might even be worth owning round one next season at, at this rate. 
Um, he's going to keep his defensive status. So that's one to keep an eye on, one we can discuss over the preseason. Dylan, what about the Hawks? Was We talked about there's not a, it wasn't the prettiest game to watch. What was there to like about Hawthorne on the weekend? Um, <laughs> not, <laughs> not a lot. Oh, Tom Mitchell, uh, the conditions suited him. He had 35. Um, don't know what he scored super coach wise, but he was probably our best player. Um, but after that, Sisley was good as he always is, but we're pretty irrelevant at the moment, unfortunately. I'll tell you what I liked about the Bombers the most. It was Hobbs in the guts for the last quarter. He played almost the entire last quarter on the ball, had 10 disposals, got the Superman cape on fan footy. Um, It was absolutely brilliant. I've been saying it all year. He's an inside midfielder. He's not a small forward. Why are we trying to play him down there? Um, So that was absolutely fantastic to watch from a Bombers perspective. What about from a Super perspective, lads? Just on the Bombers, how good is D'Ambrosio? Incredible. Yeah, he, he was super. He's and awesome I, to watch. I think I, said it on, I think I said it on the pod either last week or the week before, but he sees kicks and angles that other players may not see. Uh, and so he's going to make a lot of – he's going to have a lot of turnovers. Don't get me wrong. He's going to turn the ball over a lot. But he's going to set some scoring chains up. Did you see that clip where he sort of like picked the ball up with his backhand or something and mm. went around and then shot off mm. the handball? That was cool. How do guys like that slip through the draft? It, it, it blows my mind. I can't believe it. We get a guy like him in the mid-season draft and he's probably in our top 10, 12 players already. Uh, it's amazing. But what about, we're getting sidetracked. What about from a super coach perspective? Nico, run me through Lovsky FC's week. How did you go? Yeah, look, another under par performance from from my team. So a two four zero two takes my ranking out to 12.972. So that was um, plus a, a thousand or so. Um, so look, not great. Um, I've pretty much hit every injury under the sun. I don't want to make too many excuses, but I feel like I've hit literally every single one. Yeah. Um, and I just haven't been able to finish my team off. Coming out of the buys, I had one upgrade to do, and I still haven't been able to do it because I'm putting fires out everywhere. Um, and that's including using a couple of boosts as well. So it's just been absolutely crazy um, at my end, unfortunately. That we hate to hear it, Nico. We it, it's obviously not a skill based thing, given you were runner up last year. It's just one of those seasons, and I think we've all had them in the past. And it's unfortunate when it comes your way. Um, you're still making the best of it, though, which we love to see. Dylan, what about you? How did you go uh, over the weekend? Uh, yeah, not great. I scored two four four one. Um, had some really big scores. I had Oliver as captain, um, which was nice. I had Sinclair, had Sisley, had Neil. Um, had led, but I also had some pretty ordinary ones. I had to field um, Malcolm Roses and Morris Rioli, who combined for like 70 points, uh, which which isn't great. Always is going to hurt your overall, yeah. Um, I knocked up a 2-5-5-1, which again, I think I've gone two weeks in a row, almost exactly par for my ranking. So I was down 22 spots, down to 4-5-4. Four, four. Just, um, yeah, just a couple of a couple of ones that hurt. The, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to talk about him a lot this podcast, but Bring in Aaron Hall for Jaden Short. Um, it was the it was the right move. I stand by the reasoning. Uh, it was just a terrible outcome, um, and it was always on the cards given Hall's injury problems. So I knew that going in, and it felt good, and it felt very good when he was on eighteen points two minutes into the game. Um, but it then felt very very bad. Nico, would you have done the same move in my situation? Do you think? Uh, yeah, because you've got a few trades up your sleeve, so you know you kind of. Um... You know, you kind of planned for that worst case scenario. Like if I, if you're in my position, you've only got three trades, you know, I wouldn't be doing that kind of move because, you know, you can see what happens. Yeah. It's a yeah. cool game. Dylan, what, what do you think? Did I did I make the right move? Soothe, my, soothe me, Dylan. Tell me I did the right thing. Uh, yeah, probably. I was tossing up um, Hall and Sam Doherty and for whatever reason, I ended up going Doherty. I can't even remember why I did that. But after his 70, I thought, oh, what a stuff up. And then someone texted me saying Hall's done a hammy in like within 15 minutes of the game. So I thought, oh, I dodged a bullet there. Um, yeah, I guess it's one of those guys that you, you, upside was great, but obviously now you've, you've got to deal with him. Exactly. And that's, uh, we're going to, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of coaches are in a similar position. So we're going to deal with that later in the podcast. Um, a couple other wins for me over the weekend. Clayton, captain, you mentioned Dylan. Um, Jack Sinclair was superb on Friday night. Um, he couldn't stop finding the ball and, doing brilliant things with it when he got it. Um, and Andrew Brayshaw, as one of my new trade-ins over the last couple of weeks, he was also very, very good on Sunday night against Port. Um, Nico? Yeah, I had a just – I didn't touch on my wins and losses. I, I brought in Duncan, which was nice in his milestone game for yeah. 120. Um, you love a milestone game. Yeah. <laughs> they, they perform well. Um, <laughs> Oliver had, you know, the VC on him, which is which is good on what, what most people did. Um, Charlie? Um, 
<laughs> um, but I also losses traded in Goldie, um, unfortunately. Uh, so he hit a 55 there, and Daniel Rich has gone out and hurt himself. So there's another injury for me to deal with, which is great. Oh, so, God. Yeah. Doesn't stop, Nico. Um, uh, what do you got? me down as well. He's been fantastic all year. It wasn't a wasn't a great game. I thought he'd do better against Darcy Cameron than he did. Um, Cameron held his own and probably beat him overall. Dylan, did anything else go wrong for you over the weekend? Um, I think we've covered most of it. Tim English out is just annoying. Um, yeah, that hurts because I have to field a, a bloke like Rioli or Rosas. Mills was under par. Um, Cripps was under par. Short and crisp as well. There's just a, a lot of primos that didn't quite hit their straps, but is what it is. Yeah. Basically, did, did the I, whole defensive line was just hopeless. Apart from Sicily, everyone else is like Doherty 75, Hewitt 87, Crisp 79, Short 82, Rich 49. Just a shocker. Yeah. Did either of you guys get stung by the uh, the Luke Jackson trade-in? Oh, yeah. I, yep. I did not. I did not. I had him. You yep. stung. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I had him in last week, so I, yeah, I moved oh Bruce God. to him, I think, or something. Um, yeah, so yeah, I had him as well, so I had to, I flicked him to Duncan. So yeah, okay. um, yeah, but I mean, look, it's just another trade down the toilet. Surely, so, only yeah. things can only get better for you this week, Nico. I'm not not banking on it, mate. But um, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, yeah. Well, lads, we're planning your trades this week, but how well do you know your numbers outside of SuperCoach with interest rates going up at the moment? It might be time to finally trade banks and save yourself a bit of cash. Don't know where to start? Shoot Pat and George Mortgage Choice, all one word, a message on Instagram or give them a call on 02-9521-1611. Mention the SC Playbook podcast and they will take care of the rest. And thanks to the boys again for their ongoing support this season. It's been greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, On to the weekend's big topics, lads. Um, And I think there's no other place to start but with injury chat. Um, (laughs) We've started this pod with a bit of a rush. We've got lots of guys, lots of names flying out there, and I think it's I think it's best that we consolidate all the injury news into one little segment. So I'm going to go through these one by one. I'm going to ask you boys what you've heard um, and what the prognosis might be for a few of these guys. So, Nico, first off, your boy, Aaron Hall, um, what are we hearing on Hall? Because he was distraught on the bench by all accounts. Didn't look great at the time. What are they? What are we yeah. saying? What are we hearing? Yeah, feel bad for the guy. Um, you know, obviously, he's a great player when, he, when he's on the park, um, but... Bit of um, bit of fake news out there. It's not actually a hammy. He's done a quad, um, okay. so that is probably good news for him. Um, with his history, you'd probably think he's still out for you know a couple, um, but not being a, a reoccurrence of a hammy, um, I think it's probably good a good sign for him. But I th- still waiting, I think, to hear on on scans and and sort of the longevity of his injury. But I don't think it's going to be as bad as a as a as a hammy would have been. Okay, that's very that's very interesting, actually. Um, yeah, we, we might have to keep an eye on that. If it's only a one-weeker, um, mm. yeah, you, who knows? He could be worth holding. If you've got a D'Ambrosio or a Ware sitting back there as cover, it couldn't be, wouldn't be the worst idea. Um, we'll keep you updated on the SC Playbook socials through the week with that one. Dylan, what about Daniel Rich? Very relevant for Nico's team. What are you hearing about him? Yeah, so Brisbane's essentially said that he and Zorko should only miss a week. Um, so if you've got... Daniel Rich, he, uh, he might be worth holding, as you mentioned, if you've got a D'Ambrosio or a, or a Ware sitting on your pine. Interesting. We're going to discuss options with those guys in the next segment. So, Nico, I won't ask you what you're doing with Rich just yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about Luke Jackson? What have we heard about him? Yeah, so um, I believe it's just a, a minor PCL injury um, and they gave him every opportunity to get up and play, um, obviously being a laid out on the weekend. So... Um, saw uh, a few pics um, of him and Gorn in, in training today, so um, they're listed as a test for this week. But you'd think um, you think he should be right. Just a side note: Maxi Gorn was training on my old amateur footy club's oval on uh, Saturday morning in the lead up to a, up to the game. It was a uh, very thrilling for the lads out there to see the big bearded man running around. Um, that does sound like good news, re Luke Jackson. I know a lot of people would probably have had to hold him given trade situations and the fact that he wasn't really upgradable at that price. So that is good news for them. Um, what about Tim English, Dylan? What have we heard from Bevo about English? Yeah, it's an interesting one because obviously concussion, it's not necessarily straightforward as a, as a, you know, two or three week cami or an ankle or whatever it might be. So Beveridge said in his presser uh, for Thursday night, um, quote is, we think Tim will probably be right to go next week. 
I can't say that with 100% certainty. That's the plan. We're being conservative. He'll probably be available for selection. So he sort of says yes, but he also sort of leaves it open for a perhaps another wake off. Hopefully that means he's in. Um, he apparently trained pretty strongly, but you never know with these sorts of things. Gee, I don't love the sound of that. And they're playing on Friday night too, so it's not a heap of time. Nico, are you, what are your spidey senses telling you about that one? I think I think he'll play. Yeah, I think um, yeah he's been training really well. Um, I think he's been ticking all the boxes, but I think it's just you know the doggies playing it a little bit cautious with him with his history. Um, so yeah, it's probably like a seventy thirty in favour of him playing. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I think that's probably the right ratio. Um, yeah, the doggies are still in the finals hunt. Luckily, um, they're right around the mix, so they they do need to win. They do want to win. So. And that's going to be a massive game on Friday night against Sydney. That might actually be Shake who gets that seven or eight spot. So you'd think if they were a chance, um, they'd bring him back in. Uh, what about Zach Butters, Nico? Yeah, Brent Mc- Montgomery, um, assistant coach, came out and spoke to the media today and said that I Zach is a chance. Actually, he said Zach is a chance. Um, he couldn't quite get up um, for the flight to Perth uh, on the weekend. Just gone. Um, Obviously, you know, he's not locked and loaded, but probably similar kind of ratio there, 70-30, you would think of him playing. Yep, nice. I would be surprised if there are many coaches holding butters, but there are probably a few out there. Um, what about – this is a, this is me trying to cover my bases with Darcy Cameron. Uh, Dylan, what have you heard about Brody Grundy? Well, he seems to be getting – so the injury report, report that went out last week was that round 18 is a possibility, um, but more likely the week after. So that's – what are we going into round 17? So he could miss one more and be back, but he could also miss two more and be back. Um, but I've just with Collingwood, I've just seen now as well, John Ralph's just tweeted, Darcy Moore could even be available this week. So they're a bit oh, – wow. it's hard to read the pies on, a, wow. on an injury front. Um so, well, yeah, because the, the coach came out and said that he's still four or five weeks away last week. Well, that's it. Yeah, that's what I thought, that he was still a, mm. a fair way. But I've, I've uh, pulled up the – so unless the AFL website's uh, not not up to date or delayed or it's changed since then, um, yeah, bizarre. I think it's a GWS injury reporting. The, the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Nico, get the boys up into shape. It's not good enough. We, might, we need more than that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Maxi Gorn, you said, Nico, he's he's on the right track? He's locked in. So, yeah, the coach has come out and said that he's available and he will play Thursday night. Yep, okay, very interesting. Luke Jackson owners, not particularly happy with that. Um, a couple mm. other ones, Dan Houston, jarred his knee. Um, do we know anything about that one yet? I think just a test at this stage okay. with him. Darcy, Darcy yeah. Moore, we mentioned, might play. Isaac Heaney. Now, this That's is one huge I have news. To yeah, you chuck this in. You chuck this one in the uh, the run sheet, Nico. What have you heard? Mm. Um, just that the coach came out and said that um, he was struggling with um, with a sore knee, um, and that he's not a hundred percent for this week. So obviously, you know, he's another test, and um, you're going to want to have a bit of cover for him. So the quote was, he had a bit of a sore knee early on in the game, so he just had to stay deeper forward. I'm not sure if he'll miss time. Okay, I'm so, just, just yeah, having a quick watch on that. And- Horse said today that he pulled up fine and he should be all good. Um, so unless something unless something flares up during the week, that might be okay. Um, Dusty Martin, uh, what have you heard about him, Dylan? Uh, he's it was awareness, I believe, and he's been ruled out this week, but could be back shortly after that, I think. Okay, A small hamstring strain, they're saying. So yeah, that doesn't that sounds on the very lower end, um, the classic awareness, but he might mm. just miss a. And the last one, Nico, I'm going to give this to you. Take the floor. What's going on with Braden Proust? <laughs> Who knows, mate? <laughs> Honestly, how he wasn't selected on the weekend, I just have no idea. Um, somehow he was available. And um, what's the other guy's name? The other Ruckman? Matt Flynn. Um, Flynn. Flynn was one or two away. And somehow Flynn's played and, and Proust was out. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, obviously, he's doing something wrong or his fitness levels aren't aren't up, up to scratch or something. Um, or they just didn't want to take the chance of him getting subbed out early in the game again and just opted to go uh, for Flynn as a, as a bit of a safer option. But I think he did okay in the VFL. But he did. We're going to hear about that. It, yeah, he's another trade-out for me again. So, <laughs> yeah. You're going to be running out of trades yeah. very soon. Can't, you can't hold him. Like, yeah. No. I was holding him to come in this weekend. And, yeah, cost me a donut. Oh. 
two weekends ago. Chance and- to, good chance to discuss where we're at with trades because there are a couple of guys that we've already mentioned. Um, Nico, the first one is Daniel Rich. And I want to find out what your where your head is at with Daniel Rich. Are you going to be holding him? Are you going to be trading him? What are you going to be doing? Uh, I initially was going to trade him because I thought it's probably a three to four weeker um, being a hammy and being an older type player. Um, so I had the fun sitting there and I, I can do it. I can do Rich to Sinclair in one move um, if I want to, but I've only got three trades left. So I think I'm just going to have to hold him and just play Massimo on field this week. Okay. That makes sense. Provided um, it's a one weeker. Okay. Assuming it's a one weeker. Now, just in the off chance that you did want to trade Daniel Rich, and assuming as well that we're, we're going to need to trade Aaron Hall, um, I've set you guys a little task, and I want to find out which defenders around that sort of 550 to 600K or even a little bit less than that, um, I want to find out who you guys really like out of that bunch because the field is wide open at the moment. If you're trading out an Aaron Hall or a Daniel Rich or even a Jaden Short, um, the options are really, really bent. Bountiful, plentiful, bountiful. There are heaps of options available, Nico, is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) So I want you you guys to prepare a case, drop a case for the listeners onto which which less than 600K defender with less than 15% ownership you guys would buy if you were looking for one of those. Let's go with you first, Dylan. Awesome, because I, re- <laughs> I hope Nico doesn't take my guy. Um, <laughs> so I've uh, picked out Bailey Dale, who's 545 grand, so he just fits under that 550k threshold, um, averaging 106. But for me, it's his consistency. So he hasn't dropped below 86 all year. Um, we've just been, you know, we spent 15 minutes talking about injuries and whatnot. He's a guy that more or less is, is fit, stays on the park, um, and he's pretty reliable as well. So I think he's a, he's a good option. Um, as a point of difference. I love it. Um, he, the Bulldogs love getting the ball in his hands. Nico, what do you think of Bailey Dale? Yeah, oh, I wrote two names down just in case. Um, you know, Dylan took one of mine. So, um, he, yeah, he's definitely in the mix for me. 106 average, um, 111 average in the last five. So with Caleb Daniel out, um, he's a great option, taking the majority of the kick-ins and, Gee, he's got a good kick. Like, if you just see the way he bullet passes everything. He just yeah. hits him. Like, it's really, really fun he's to watch. Cool. I've got him in draft, and, um, yeah, he, yeah, he's great, great player to watch. I've actually got Adam Saad just slightly higher. Um, so he's at 5.1% owned, um, slightly more in price than Dale at 558K. Very similar average, 105 average, but he's going at 140 in the last five rounds, so slightly higher. The only reason I'm leaning towards him uh, is because Dale has got Caleb Daniel out and Saad doesn't have anyone out, so it's not going to affect him for the rest of the season, um, whereas you know Dale might lose a few points when Caleb Daniel comes back in. I have, a, I have a few options I want to throw at you outside of those ones, and I want to get your thoughts on them. The first one, don't laugh, Lockie Whitfield. Um, since he's come back, he's gone 118, 101, 103, and 96. He's averaging 28 disposals a game. And he would have had a ton on the weekend if he didn't have four clangers against the Hawks. Dylan, you watched that game. What did you think of Whitfield's role? How did he look? Is he worth an option? He's only at four seventy-seven k. Um, uh, he turns it. He turned it over a lot, and you can sort of pin that on the conditions a little bit, I think. But I guess my concern there is like he had a lot of the ball, and he still didn't crack a hundred. And even the hundreds that he's got, they've been really low hundreds. So. I think I'd rather pay an extra fifty grand and, and pick up a Dale or a um you know, Assad's a little bit extra as Nico mentioned, but I think I'd rather just that um added reliability, I think. Okay. I like it. What about Nico? Stephen May. Three seventy nine K. Um he was averaging ninety seven before he got concussed concussed in round eleven. Hundred and eight in the first five games. What do we think of Stephen May? He's taking a lot of, he's gonna take a lot of kick ins. Is he an option? Yeah, yeah. He takes a lot of kick-ins. He takes a lot of intercept marks with with Lever back there. Oh, look, he was a really good option last year. I think most of the top ten last year had him in in their final sides. Um, I think it's a budget pick with that one. If you're really struggling with um with your money and and you can't get one of these sort of bigger guys, then you can absolutely roll the dice and, and bring someone like Stephen May in at that three hundred and seventy price point. No issues with that. But I think. I think it, it, it'd have to be money restraints to, to go that path. Yeah, I agree with you. I think you, if you, at this point of the season, you want a guaranteed top six defender. I'm not sure if Stephen May is quite there. Last one I want to throw at you, Dylan. 
and he's actually Nico's boy from the preseason. Kadeen Coleman, 437K. He's a defender and a forward as well. When Rich went out on the weekend, it was pretty obvious that he was the, the next man up in terms of distributing the ball from the back half. Um, he had career highs in all sorts of stats, finished with 118 points. Um, he's averaging 93 since round eight when he returned, and that seems to be climbing week on week. What do you think of Coleman? Yeah, he's a um, he's your typical like eye test passes the eye test. He's um, he looks really good, and as you mentioned, Rich will miss a week. Um, I know Nico's obviously a big fan. I think he he's not a bad option at all. Well, we've got plenty of defensive options. The next thing I want to turn our mind to is those in the Nico camp that uh, had Luke Jackson and and held him through this week. Um, I want to find out who you guys like in the forward line. And the criteria this time is we're going to assume that people have got around 100K in cash to spend to get Jackson up to someone below 550 as a forward. And I want sub-15% ownership as well. Nico, who have you got for me here? Gee, it's a big assumption that people have got 100K in the bank, but <laughs> big assumption. I'm, I'm happy with the experiment. Um, I've got 7.1% owned Harry Himmelberg. Um, mm. Now, obviously, he was a lot cheaper going back a few weeks ago, but he's 545K. His average is 85, but his last five round average is 124.6. So what I like about him is that his role seems to be there. It looks like he's locked in to play defense. Obviously, you know that that's probably going to change now that I've said that. But 100 mil of rain on the weekend, obviously intercept marking pretty much out the window. Um, the Hawks only kicked you know a handful of behinds, and he still managed to get 101 super coach points. So I think his floor is really quite solid uh, in, in this role that he's got. Um, and I think he's a pretty safe option. And we know he's got a huge ceiling because he hit 180 odd earlier in the year. I absolutely love it. Nico, that's a great option. Himmelberg has been on the radar for a lot of teams for some time. It's amazing he's only still in 7% of teams. I would have thought more people would have jumped on him by now. Dylan, who have you got for me? Yeah, I really like Himmelberg as well, but I've gone slightly left of field. Um, and I know we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago in terms of key forwards, but Taylor Walker, um, he's got a really nice run home. So he's, we've got, he's got Hawthorne this week. Um, Collingwood, who we know at um, under siege, down back. Sydney, Carlton, West Coast, North and Port. Some pretty juicy matchups there. I think if you do need a... A, um, an alternative F6, I think you could do. Um, certainly look at Tex. I love it. I want to throw a couple more names at you. The first one, Nico, Tim Taranto, 429K. Mm. He's apparently still in 10% of teams. I don't believe that, though. I think that's uh, a lot of ghost ship yeah. sides still carrying yeah. him. Um, had 30 disposals, 10, contest- 10 contested possessions, 10 tackles on the weekend. Now, the Giants still have Jacob Hopper still left to come back in, so... He's probably going to spend a bit more time forward. But did you like the look of Taranto over the weekend? Uh, look, to be honest, I didn't really catch um, a lot of that game. But he's well-priced. Um, his break-even is at 81. So he's probably going to hit that. And his low score from you know his return match, which was only a 50-odd, is going to you know be out of his cycle pretty soon. I, just, I think there's better options out there, to be honest. Um, and if you could just find that extra 100K, you, you're getting pretty much someone who's guaranteed to be, you know, a, a regular type scorer. And I just don't know about the role with um, with Taranto just yet, um, especially with, you know, Cogs playing pure mid and, and all that kind of stuff. I just don't know how he fits in just at the moment. What about the likes of Connor Rosey, Mitch Duncan, um, Isaac Rankin? Can I tempt you with Isaac Rankin, Dylan? Um, probably not. He's <laughs> he's come to his own though. This um, he's on a heater. past month, he's a yeah, he's looking really good. I quite like Duncan out of that bunch though, especially with um Tom Stewart out for another for oh, three weeks. I think he um probably gets a little bit more ball um coming out of the back half. So yeah, quite like Duncan out of that lot. Well, what about that- um Jeremy Cameron? He's mm, um five twenty seven. Yeah, five twenty seven k. 3.9% of teams, 109.45 round average, playing up the ground a lot more um, than, than the Hawks. So Hawks just sort of sitting, you know, in the forward 50 and he's roaming up the ground and getting getting quite a bit of ball. So he could be a decent shout as well. And I think they play three of their last four um, at GMHBA Stadium, which is a bit of an obviously an advantage. Uh, the Cats are pretty hard to beat there. So 
Yeah, that's another very interesting one. Um, the next big topic I want to chat to you about, boys, is sideways trading primos. Um, I think we've all got a couple of players at the moment that are absolutely doing our heads in. Nico is nodding vigorously uh, over the, <laughs> on the podcast. I just, I just wish I could do it. That's all. <laughs> so I, I want to find out who who have you boys got in your team currently that, that's doing your head in from a from a from a primo standpoint. Someone that that should be scoring that just isn't, and that if you had the trades and the money that you'd be getting rid of, Nico. Uh, yeah, look, there's a few for me, mate. Um, I'd be looking at crisp, short. Uh, Crips, uh, I think they're the ones that are, you know, ticking me off a little bit with their with their primo scoring lately. Um, so yeah, if if I had the luxury, I'd, I'd be looking at, you know, moving some of these guys on. Who have you got, Dylan? Who's giving you the irrits? Yeah, the exact same three as Nico. Uh, I think Short is the most frustrating. He's just like playing midfield is purely scoring. It feels. Um, I think, yeah, you almost want him to just go back to half-back and get the cheapies out um, in defence. So, fingers crossed that happens. But, yeah, it, one of those situations, I think it depends on how many trades you have left. Um, I'd be more inclined to hold these blokes and hope they can turn it around rather than sideways in um, unless you don't have a, a clear, like, top three in their line. How many trades would you need to have, do you reckon? Minimum. Four, I, I, did the, I did the I did the short trade last week with six trades, so it left me with five. Yeah, um, and that, I felt, want... that felt right on the borderline. Yeah, I feel like you'd probably want for, like so much. There's injuries and whatnot that happens that you can sort of predict, like depending on the player and their history. But like Tom Stewart went and cleaned up Prestia a couple of weeks ago. No one, no one would have guessed that. So stuff happens. Um, I feel like you'd probably want at least five. Like you'd want four after pulling those sideways yeah. moves. Yeah, I agree with that. I think four is a good number. Um, three at the absolute worst, but you'd want to be full primo, obviously. Yeah. I'm going to chuck a few names at you boys and play hypothetically that you've got all of these guys in your team. Who of these do. guys? Who, <laughs> who, <laughs> who of these guys is the biggest priority? Assuming, and let's assume for a second that there's no injury worries with all, with all of them. They're all. They're all fine. They're all they're all running around this week. We've got Jaden Short, Patrick Cripps, Jack Crisp, Christian Petrarca, Jordan Degoe, and Isaac Heaney. That's a list of six guys that I think a lot of people would own at least a couple of those. I know I've got um, I've got three of them. I think that's probably that would be around the average. Who who out of those is the is the biggest priority to trade out, Nico? Oh, definitely Degoe from that list. Um, he's just I don't know. His head's not in the right space, I don't think. Um, he's he's an obvious trade-out. He was an obvious trade-out weeks and weeks ago. Um, so he's he's out of that list, I think, clearly clearly there. Heaney's got um, he's got the ceiling. Of, I don't think Petrarca should be on that list after the weekend just gone. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if you're hitting a 190 and, and he's, you know, hitting the scoreboard again, um, might have just been him kicking lots and lots of points that, you know, kept his score low um, in previous rounds. So... I think if you got Petrarca, you you know you're not you're not selling him um, just yet. But yeah, Jordy to go has got to go. Dylan, anyone else from that list that sticks out? No, I think Nico summarised it pretty well. Um, if you take to go out, I'd pro- probably short is the one um, outside of that. But I mean, if he, yeah, he, he could, he's playing half yeah. forward a bit as well. Like it's just yeah. he's all over the place. Yeah, it's, um, he's it been, seems he's Richmond really have hurt. a few like. Sorry, Eddie, you go. He's been really hurt by Daniel Rioli, um, who was just electric on the weekend and has that speed and, and sort of skill with ball in hand that Short doesn't quite have. Um, I know he's a brilliant kick of the footy, Short, but he doesn't quite have that run and burst that Rioli has. And he seems to be taking a lot of that footy that used to be Shorts, um, which is unfortunate yep. in his role. If, um, um, if he could have three positions, he'd, he'd probably get forward status as well. It's true. Right. But you can't. So, but yeah. What about what about Patrick Cripps? What's going on there? Because he obviously started the season like a house on fire, was a must own four rounds in. What's going on with him at the moment? Is it just is it just a little blip in form, Nico? I think it is just form. Maybe his um maybe his body, like I don't know, is catching up with him again. He's obviously had a lot of issues. Maybe he's just got a little niggle or something. I mean, we're just guessing here, but um obviously he's um has he hit the ton like in the last month or so? I feel like he's just getting like 80s and 90s. Um, 
But yeah, I don't know. I reckon there's something not quite right there. I don't think it's anything to do with role. It's probably just um, it's probably just how he, how he's sort of feeling. I think at the moment, and he hasn't been really hitting the scoreboard either. Like he hasn't been getting those goals that he was getting at the start of the season. He was just two 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 or three a game. There was also no Sam Walsh to contend with um, at the start of the season either, which was probably helping things. Um, just to round off this topic, uh, I've asked you boys to come prepared with assuming money is no object. I just want one guy from each line that if you were to trade out one of these underperforming primos, the one guy that you would bring in. Um, Nico, we'll go rapid fire. Defense, who would you go with? Sinclair. Dylan? Uh, Sicily. Midfield, Nico? Uh, Jack Steele. Ooh, EK, we like that, Nico. We like that a lot. What about you, Dylan? I don't mind. I don't actually mind putting in uh, probably Steele as well. I don't mind Petraka given given the price too and the ceiling that we've seen. Very interesting. Um, we'll skip the rucks. No one has any idea what's happening there. What about the forward line? You've got <laughs> one forward, cash, no object, Nico? Oh, uh, look, it's, it's, I'd say maybe not a lot of people held on to English, so he could be a really good point of difference if you're luxury trading. Yeah, I'll go English there. Love it. Dylan? Liberatore is in a good run of form. Very good. They are a plethora of lovely options to bring in if you've got the trades. Last topic on our big topics list, um, and Dylan, this is your forte. So I want to talk state leagues. I want to find out how the Prusas and Cooper Stevens and Elijah Hollands of the world went over the weekend in their respective state leagues. Um, give me, give me, the, give me all you got. I want all the information you've got on these guys that we are hoping will come back into AFL level at some stage soon. Yeah, alrighty. So I've scoured um, all the stats and watched a few of the games. Brett Turner for Adelaide. He was spoken about um, mid-season draft. He debuted for the Crows Sandville side. He was um, pretty good. He had 24 touches. Um, who else have we got? Darcy Wilmot for Brisbane was a high-end draft pick and hasn't played yet, which has been maybe slightly surprising. But with Zorko and Rich out, um, mm. I could see him potentially getting a look in. He's put together a couple of good weeks now, so he might be one to watch. Um, Eli Smith was good again, but he's sort of been around the traps for a, for a few years now and hasn't broken through. Um, uh, Charlie Dean got injured for Collingwood and he's set to miss six to eight weeks. So he was closing in oh. on a debut, um, but he's Terrible. one to, to scratch, unfortunately. But Josh Carmichael, who was another mid-season drafty, he had 23 um, and looked good. Kicked three behinds, which was annoying. If that's three goals and 23 touches, he probably debuts this week. Um, but he's still there about uh, Tom Hurd for Essendon. I don't know what you think of him, but he, he was okay mm-hmm. again. Um, I mean, Essendon won, so I don't think they'll make too many changes. But I could see him potentially getting a uh, late-season debut if, if the Bombers lose a couple of games badly and they uh, they want a, a good PR story. Yeah, um, I, I can't see it happening, unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately. I don't think he's quiet up to it. Um, he's small, doesn't really offer a hit. Yeah. We've got Anthony McGrath to come back in this week as well, so it won't be this week. Yeah. Um, Elijah Hollands was good without being great again. Um Dylan Williams for Port. I don't know what his price is, but he was he was impressive. Um, Sonzi for Richmond was really good. He had twenty seven. Um, oh, I've just seen that come through. <laughs> Sorry, there's a. I've just had a message about Clarkson come through. Um, Judson Clark. <laughs> That's rattled me. Uh, Judson Clark was okay, but probably doesn't come back in. Um, he wasn't great. Sam Darcy was okay again. I know I flagged him a couple of weeks ago. He was all right. Um, Luke Cleary was okay. But Proust is obviously the biggest talking point. He, stat-wise, looked pretty good. Um, had, well, what did he have? He had um, 16 touches, a goal, six marks, 43 hitouts. But I think that's a little bit misleading because he was playing on two young uh, Hawks, Ruckman, uh, Brinker Ritchie and Max Ramson. Ramson's a, a Sandy guy and they're both um, <laughs> both project Ruckman, so I doubt he'll uh, – like he hasn't – he's beaten up on kids essentially um, and Matt Flynn was pretty good against Hawthorne. So I don't know if Bruce comes straight back in. Um, yeah, interesting. What do you think, Nico? Is he going to come back in this week? Nah, probably not. No, nah. <laughs> um, like well, that's why I traded him 
because I just thought there's just too many unknowns with him. Like, um, I think that uh, McVeigh came out and said that you know he wants him to have like a, a continuous block of games, and that might mean playing VFL for two, three, four weeks. So. Yeah. Well, that is a comprehensive rundown. Thank you for that, Dylan. Just for those playing at home, the little nugget of news that uh, got us quite excited there was apparently Alistair Clarkson has met with GWS um, as they look to replace a coach. I was kind of hoping he was going to come to the hangar and replace Chuck Rutten, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Dylan, as the big Hawk supporter, is rattled. What do you think of that? <laughs> I saw that. Oh, <laughs> as I was talking, it came through and it was like, yeah, it threw me off. Um, I'd, look, I'd rather he goes to GWS than, than Essendon. Um, <laughs> In the scheme of things, if he goes to Gold Coast or the Giants or one of those teams that no one really gives a uh, gives two shits about, it's probably not a bad bad result. He's a good coach. Um, well, boys, if you like a punt, check out topsport.com.au. They're the home of the best same game multi in the business where the odds actually add up. We've been pre- previewing their markets throughout this season and we will continue to do so for the rest of the season. Use the code SCPLAYBOOK if you're linking up your account so they know we sent you. It helps out the podcast, 18 plus only, gamble responsibly. Um, each week, I get you boys to find me a market on Top Sport or a multi or something that you like the look of. Um, what have you found for me this week, Nico? Um, yeah, sorry if um, my background noise is going a bit a bit nuts here. My little girl's not happy. Um, I I think plus 70, 70, plus 57.5 points for North Melbourne against Collingwood seems pretty crazy, so... I'm going to take them with a 10-goal head start um, against my boys. Um, who knows? Might be cold and windy and, and low scoring, so I'll throw that in there. Uh, Brisbane to beat the Bombers. And I've got West Coast plus 18.5 against mm. Carlton. So I don't know. I, I think Carlton's form has been a little bit a little bit dodgy lately, and um, and West Coast are definitely on the up. So I'm happy to, to play them with a three-goal head start at home. So that's $4.50 for those three. I like it a lot, Nico. Um, I'm going to go straight up again. I've had a bit of success with the Crows this season. They're playing Dylan's boys at Marvel. And just to get him back for that dig um, at Clarko going to the Bombers before, I'm going to take the Crows straight up. They're paying $2.50. Um, I think they are a competitive football team. Uh, and I think Hawthorne are one of those teams that can very easily have a very off week. Dylan, what do you like from Top Sport this week? Uh, yeah, um, I've, so I've gone a Sunday multi. Um, Brisbane to beat Essendon. Carlton to beat West Coast, and I think I've reluctantly backed Hawthorne in as well um, <laughs> to beat Adelaide. If you wrap those three up, it's $2.42. I think we're, we're not great on Marvel, but I think we've lost like nine out of our last ten games, and surely, surely, surely they can win one somewhere. Surely. Um, time, to discuss what, time to discuss what we're all doing this week. Trades and captaincy wise, uh, Nico. Trades are a little in short supply over at Lovsky FC, but are you doing any this week? No, I'm thinking none, unless um, unless some news comes out about Daniel Rich missing more than one, um, and then if that's the case, I'll I'll move him to Sinclair as I've got the money sort of sitting there for for that to happen. But um, I mean, I'm still looping Rosas and, and Curtis at F6. My team's a bit of a shambles, so um, I need to wait a few more weeks before I can trade again. So looking for yeah you know, Massimo to, to fatten up pretty quickly um, and then maybe drop him down and then use that money to fix that F6 problem and hopefully leave myself one trade for, you know, a, a season-ending injury sort of towards the end of the year. I love it. Dylan, what about you? What are you thinking this week? I'm a little bit stuck. So I can – I've still got a boost. Um, so I can go wow. – I've got I can go where Rosas and Rioli to um, – Burgoyne from Port, Jace Burgoyne, he looked okay on debut, I thought. Um, very good. Yeah. yeah, Blank from Hawthorne is a 102k player that will probably play, um, get quite a good run at it, and Jack Steele. So I can finish my team by using three trades, but um, obviously Ware was really good and still has a lot of money to make. If I hold off another week, I can potentially look at going for a Walsh or a Parrish or someone instead of Steele, but... I don't know. It feels like Steel's as good as those boys anyway. So interested to hear what you boys think on that. I love it. Yeah, I, I, love I agree with that. Yep. Yeah, very big. Pull the trigger on all three. How, do, how many does it leave you with? With three. So I've got yeah. six at the moment. If I do three, it leaves me with three and a full primo team if you include your shorts and your crisp and your yep. crips yep. and stuff. I'd do that, no mate. Brainer. Absolutely. 
what can you get up to steal without going to a to a nuffy rookie in you know that Hawthorne guy that blank you were sort of talking? Can you do that uh, with someone who's half a chance of playing? Like a car. Oh, blank's played blank's played twice for us. He's in the team at the moment. Um <laughs> shooting blanks. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh he, well, he's a key defender and he he's probably good for a thirty or a forty, so he's not going to uh to score. But I've still got Dan Brazy on the bench, so I guess where is expendable in that sense, even if I did have someone go down injured. Yep. Yep. Makes perfect sense to me. I'd be doing that in a heartbeat, Dylan. Um personally I've got to get rid of Hall, um, and I think Bailey Dale is the man who's going to come and fill that void. Dylan, you successfully talked me into him. I love the way he plays. I love how consistent he is. It's going to be fun to watch him going forward. That leaves me with four trades left for the run home. Um, I've got Luke Parker at F8. We've got Paddy Cri- uh, at F6. We've got Paddy Cripps at M8, and we've got Jack Crisp at D6. So the team is looking okay for the run home, I think, hopefully. Um, we've still got Massimo and and Jacob Ware sitting there fattening up on the bench. Hobbs has regenerated his cash gen as well. So, yeah, we're looking okay over at Eddie's Eagles, but um, things can change in a heartbeat. What about captains? Uh, Nico, what about you've absolutely nailed your captaincy choices week in, week out. What are you thinking this week? Oh, I didn't do it two weeks ago when I went late on Mills. Um, I think it's pretty easy this week. Um, Clayton Oliver into Lockie Neal. So, Clayton Oliver, I mean, yeah, it's the Cattery, but his last three... Against the Cats are 159, 130, 111. And then yep. Lockie Neal's last three against the Bombers is 198, 157, 157. So surely we can't go wrong with um, a free hit of one of those guys. I was going to say that feels like a no-brainer with both of those guys. I'm interested to see, Dylan, have you got any conflicting views there? Is anyone else we haven't considered? No, I'm hit the nail on the head, I think. Um, Oliver averages 127 across his career against Geelong and Neil um, is 120 against Essendon. So I think they're both good options this week. Um, and uh, yeah, McRae doesn't have a very good record against Sydney. I was looking at before. Um, I don't think you could possibly go in Mills given how average he was last week. Um, yeah, it really feels like it really, really feels like that's a, that's a no-brainer, but I'll wait, I'll wait yeah. to be burnt by that one. Rory Laird against Hawthorne is probably not a bad option yeah. either if you want to be different. Good shout. I like it. Yep. Um, now, we've had a price drop, boys, over at scplaybook.com.au. So if you're after the rest of our premium content for this AFL season, it's just $20 for the remainder of this year or $40 for the full, full package, which gets you AFL, NRL, and BBL. Gets you access to stacks of extra articles every week, entry into our exclusive WhatsApp group. Um, but if you're not inter- inter- interested in that, don't worry. We've got stacks of free content to get through on the site as well. Make sure you visit scplaybook.com.au as well as follow our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter socials at scplaybookafl. Um, we've got a couple of good listener questions come through this week. The first one's for you, Nico. It's from Jeremy. Um, he wants suggestions for this week, 513K to play with. He wants to know, do you either go Hall to Boak via DPP, Hall to Duncan via DPP, Hall to Baker slash Vlostone, or Hall to Coleman? And he's written YOLO. With Rich slash Orko. Uh, you do only live once, Jeremy. But um, I think, well, actually, I really liked Hall to to Flostone, but I've just read that he's somehow got a week. So I don't know what that was for, um, or if they're going to challenge he, that. He hit um, he hit someone off the ball. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but it, it didn't look great in real time. I thought he might have got him just in the upper chest, but I think they've. I think okay. on the vision, they've played, it hits him in the throat or the chin or something. So, yeah, yeah it looks okay. like he'll... Well, obviously, yeah. Obviously, if he's out, um, you know, scrap this um, advice. But I'd be going there. Um, he's got a three-round average of 110. Um, and Richmond have a really, really kind run. So, they've got Gold Coast, North Melbourne, Frio at home, Brisbane at home, Port Adelaide, Hawthorne, and Essendon. So, two Marvel games, three at the G. Um, Baker's also, obviously, you know, a, a decent shout, but... As you saw on the weekend, he had a, a yin-yang game and, and he was missing in the first half and then played really well in the second half. Um, if Flostone's out, I think Boak is the, is the play. I'm just a little bit wary about Butters, um, about his return and what kind of impact that has on, on his role. Um, maybe Butters is eased back into it a little bit and plays a bit more forward um, and, and Boak stays in the guts. But little question mark around there, but I'm sort of leaning to, to Boak. Um and that's without discussing Nick Dacos as a potential trade-back-in <laughs> option. So he's got a three-round of 116, which is 
you know, obviously we, we've already spoken about him, but um, yeah, I'd be leaning to Boak um, if, if Flostone's out. I like it. I personally would be going Coleman, um, but I do think, yeah, I think, think Boak is probably yeah, the safe option you know, out of that bunch. I'd, I'd maybe do that if I had, you know, a decent amount of trades in the bank because he is injury prone as well. Indeed. Um, last question for you, Dylan, from Ben. I've got four trades left, 30K in the bank, full primo across the board, but Crips is starting to give me a headache at M8. Would you go Crips to steal this week? Um, geez, Would leave three trades? Uh, I'd probably say no. Um, okay. Yeah, without knowing who's in his team um, and what the chances they might go down with an injury are, um, I'd probably lean towards saying just hold it, hold out and hope Crips comes good. The reason I would also say no to that, I think, is because you're essentially leaving yourself with two trades in the bank given you've got no cash as well. So you're going to have to get downgrade someone to get more cash. It leaves you with just two in the bank. Um, I think I'm a no too. Nico, are you a no? Yeah, probably just, yeah, I think a little bit too skinny there for, for luxury trading like that. Uh, especially when, you know, you can see on the weekend where, you know, it looked like Petrarca was a, a trade-out and then he's come out and hit a, a 190. Mm. So, I mean, it can change very quickly. So, um, yeah, I'd just hold fire there for, at least for another yeah. week. And I think Cripps will be given Carlton's pushing for the finals and and whatever else. I think he'll want to stand up um, given the opportunity the Blues have. I love it, boys. That's about all we've got time for today. Um, thank you for your time, Nico and Dylan. Um, we'll be back same time, same place next week. Hopefully, you go a week without injuries, Nico. Fingers crossed, mate. I look forward to that. Fingers crossed. Thanks, boys. Appreciate Thanks, it. Guys. Thanks, guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 